body. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right, the little pink pill. And it's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, or Flibanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who, in each of our episodes, likes to establish the run early. Here is the captain. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. This week, we are very excited to be featuring Midwest IPA by the hardworking crew over at Great Lakes Brewing Company. Midwest IPA is the unofficial India Pale Ale of the Midwest, available in draft and the Great Lakes' most recent variety pack. This delicious IPA features a sensible amount of hops that politely greets a mild-mannered finish. Garage grade four and a quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's give some thanks and praise to our hardworking and hard listening friends that helped us fill up the garage fridge this week first up a shout out to joseph guidry from tombol texas and a big we like your jib goes out to eric smith from bridgeport texas and last but certainly not least we have jason from wilder kentucky everyone we mentioned they helped us out with this week's beer run and for that we thank you yeah b-w-e-w-r-u-n beer run make sure you sign up to check out our bonus content on patreon or through the Apple Podcast subscription. And Colonel, that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
Hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. Toughness begets a greater toughness. We must meet the forces of hate with the power of love. Our aim must never be to defeat or humiliate, but to win friendship and understanding. The ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie, nor establish the truth. Through violence, you may murder the hater, but you do not murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. From the book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? By Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is True Crime Garage. Long Acre Lane is the true crime story of a still very much ongoing case. Crimes that took place in northern Ohio. And the story starts with a series of events and horrific crimes that started in early 2011. Now the name of the road, Long Acre Lane, makes it sound like this road is a long winding road out somewhere in the countryside. But it is not. Long Acre Lane, which is the location at the very center of this week's case, is not a very large street at all. Long Acre Lane is in the near center of a really cool-looking neighborhood. It's located in Holland, Ohio, which is best described as the Greater Toledo Area, a suburb of Toledo. And for those of you outside of the great state of Ohio, Toledo is in the northern part of our state right up there by the old Michigan-Ohio border. Long Acre Lane is a pretty average-sized street with only nine houses. It's a unique-looking neighborhood because there's everything here, from average-sized homes and lots to very large homes and properties. Some of the homes have swimming pools. A couple have both a swimming pool and a tennis court. And there is one property that features a very large pond. The nine houses on Long Acre Lane are somewhere in between the two ends of this spectrum. The homes are a little larger than average, and the properties appear to be a little more than an acre for each lot. But these are not McMansions, but just very nice, larger homes and lots. The property that we will be discussing this week is 2161 Long Acre Lane. It's a home located in the middle of the street, surrounded by other homes on all sides. The two individuals that are at the center of this case 
are Johnny Clark and Lisa Straub. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about Johnny Clark and Lisa Straub. Johnny Clark and his mother and father are Maite and John Clark. And we are also going to be talking about Johnny Clark's girlfriend, Lisa Straub, and her parents, Jeff and Mary Beth Straub. So let's start with Johnny. I've always really liked the name Johnny, but his given name is John S. Clark, but almost always known as Johnny. Now, back in 2011, where we pick up the story, Johnny is 21 years old. Johnny was always a popular guy. He had a lot of friends. Johnny's mother, Maite, characterizes her son as an unapologetic mama's boy, and Johnny was proud of that title. The Clark family was very close. His mother, Maite, says between her and her husband, they would regularly talk to their son about a dozen or so times a day. He is the oldest of their children. Johnny had recently enrolled in barber school to pursue a dream of being a small business owner. Now, remember, he is an adult at this time, 21 years of age, and he frequently lived with either his folks or his girlfriend Lisa's parents. Johnny was saving money for school, and some words of wisdom to the younger listeners out there, if mom and dad don't say you got to leave, then stay. But of course, don't be afraid to buy them dinner once in a while or pay the internet bill. So Johnny is enrolled to go to the school and saving money to pay for the school. So in January of 2011, Johnny is living with his girlfriend, Lisa Straub, at Lisa's parents' place on Long Acre Lane in Holland, Ohio. Lisa Ann Straub is a kind and this, she's kind of this fun-loving, maybe a little goofy, even at times, personality. She is the outdoorsy type. She's an animal lover, and photography is a longtime hobby of hers. The Straub family is very close as well. Lisa enjoyed hanging out with her sisters. They were popular, and the Straub sisters would often go to parties together. Lisa was the youngest in this family. In fact, it's at one of those parties with her sisters that Lisa, in fact, meets Johnny Clark. The two of them eventually start dating and become an official couple in 2009. Then in late 2010, Johnny and Lisa take the relationship to the next level, and they decide to live together. So Johnny moved in at Lisa's parents' home. So in January of 2011, where we pick up this story, Lisa is 20 years old. And she's working at a local TGI Friday's restaurant as a server. She has her future mapped out as well, wanting to be a nurse. She was all set to begin classes as a nursing student. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts to this case, so make sure you pay attention. Let's dive into the timeline. Yeah, let's go through the day in question here, Captain. This is Sunday, January 30th, 2011. We have Johnny Clark and his mother, Maite, who, as said, were close. So they're in constant contact with one another, touching base with each other daily and multiple times throughout each day. This day would be no different. We'll start our timeline at approximately 8 p.m. that night. This is when Maite, the mother, calls her son 
and it's not for the first time that day. Now, while sometimes the constant checking in from mom would annoy the young man, Johnny did not dare to not pick up mom's calls. You pick up mom's call. So Johnny, slightly annoyed by another phone call from mom, picks up his cell phone and they have a brief conversation. And then at some point she asks if he's okay. And he says in a sarcastic manner, jokingly, yes, mom, I'm still alive. And she says, you know, don't say that. Don't joke around like that. Maite's just checking in with her son, who, as we said, is staying at Lisa's parents' house. Johnny tells his mom that his plans, his current plans for the evening are that he's going to be watching the Pro Bowl or is already at a friend's house watching the Pro Bowl, the NFL Pro Bowl on TV, and that he would later be picking up his girlfriend from her work and that they were going to stay in that night and just kind of chill out. So let's be perfectly clear here. This is what he tells mom. He's 21. So we cannot say with 100% certainty that this is what he actually intended to do that night. And he's also considered, considers himself a, a mama's boy. So he, he might alter the, the stories he tells to his mom for her protection. There's been multiple sources out there that have said that Johnny wouldn't lie to his mom. And I have no reason not to believe them. But again, we, we don't know everything 100%. We can only report it as what our findings were. So he tells mom that he is at a friend's house and there are three other persons there with him. He, he names them on the phone with mom and says, we're watching the pro bowl on TV. And then when Lisa gets off from work, when her shift ends at TGI Fridays, I'm going to go pick her up. We're going back to her house and we're just going to hang out. Now there is something that is key here, captain, and we can get into that later. We can get into this later, but I do not think that this is purely coincidence, but the Straubs, Lisa's parents, Jeff and Mary Straub are, out of town this weekend. The two are off on a Caribbean cruise celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. So that is important to the story as well. So now this will take us to 10 PM approximately Saturday, January 30th, 2011 on our timeline at 10 PM. Approximately Johnny picks up his girlfriend, Lisa Strop. She's working that night at TGI Fridays in nearby Toledo. Her shift ends at approximately 10 PM He picks her up afterward, and there are three major routes that one could take from the Friday's restaurant to the Straub house, and this is a short drive, eight to 11 minutes depending on route. So the couple head back to Lisa's parents' house on Long Acre Lane, where they both are staying. And so just a little after 1030, Johnny calls a friend. During this call, Johnny mentions that one of his other friends, a guy by the name of Anthony Watson, who also goes by Tony or Tone, is supposed to be stopping by the Straub house sometime that night. Now, during another phone, this is where things get a little wonky in our timeline. So he's either on the phone with this same friend having that conversation, or there's another call that he's on. But what we do know that happens is Johnny, shortly after this, 
gets an incoming call on his cell phone. So Johnny clicks over to the incoming call. The caller is a friend or someone who is always being listed as a friend of both Johnny and Lisa's. This person's name is Tiffany Williams. Tiffany Williams is a couple of years older than that of Johnny and Lisa. So she's calling Johnny. And according to what Tiffany Williams says, she's calling Johnny to firm up plans that the two had made earlier. The original plan was that Johnny and Lisa would leave the Straub home at some point late that night, go pick up Tiffany and this other friend, Zach Burkett. And sometimes Zach, a lot of these people in our story have nicknames, right? And we're going to see that that will add confusion to the investigation. Now, Zach Burkett, his nickname doesn't add much confusion to the investigation because his real name is included in that nickname. And you're going to like this one, Captain. His nickname is Fat Zach. Oh. So that either means he's a larger person or sometimes you get a really thin person that ends up with the Fat fat (laughs) Zach name. Key thing, though, is this is Zach Burkett. Now, despite the fact that they are strictly instructed not to have parties or have people over at the Straub's home, especially in their absence, the plan was, according to Tiffany Williams, that the four of them, after Johnny and Lisa picked them up, would return to the Straub home to shoot some pool. Yeah. And again, the definition of party depends on who you're talking to. Everybody says we're just going to be hanging out, shooting some pool. And from my understanding, I've viewed the layout of the Straub home in great detail. They do have a very nice billiard area in the basement of this home. Tiffany was calling at this time to let them know that she decided that she needed to run a few errands first. So she's kind of pushing back the start time for this hangout session at the Straub house. And she wanted to tell Johnny that we're going to run some errands and then we will be ready to go around midnight. However, Tiffany says she never got to explain any of that information or tell Johnny why she was calling in the first place, because when Johnny clicks over and picks up her call, instead of greeting her, she heard Johnny. And most of the time, the way this is described She says that she heard Johnny shout in a very angry tone, bro, what are you doing? Who are you? What do you want? So it sounds like there's an intruder in the house. Something's going on on the other end, according to Tiffany Williams. Right. And she says that he did repeat some of these lines multiple times as if speaking to someone in person and not Tiffany on the phone, obviously. But then Johnny in a much more calm manner then tells Tiffany that he will call her back. And I believe Tiffany Williams says that his exact words or something similar would be, Tiff, I'll call you back. He doesn't. He never calls Tiffany back. Now, let's go to Monday, January 31st, 2011. We're already pretty late in the night on the 30th. So now I want to be very clear here. We say that we flipped over to Sunday on our timeline, but we are talking about very early Sunday morning in the small hours, if you will. Tiffany Williams is now concerned that her friends, Johnny and Lisa, has not called back. 
She completed her errands, and now she's more focused on the idea that Johnny, Lisa, her, and Zach would be hanging out late that night shooting pool at Lisa's parents' home. And here it is now, a little after midnight. This is right around the time that she wanted to hang out, and she's not heard from Johnny. In fact, she says that she's tried to reach out to Johnny. She's tried to get in communication with Lisa and that Zach is doing the same thing periodically sometime after that call was received. Tiffany calls Johnny. Mm -hmm. Johnny picks up the phone. It sounds like he's talking to possibly like an intruder or somebody in person and then tells Tiffany, that he'll call her back. Correct. So this is a very short call. Now, I'm glad you are honing in on this because this is a huge part of this case and what this could mean for the events that are to come and who may be responsible for what in this case. Well, like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces. So my question for you is at this time that – Johnny gets this phone call. Is Lisa present with him at the time? So in the home at this time, it would be Johnny, Lisa, and then there's a there's a puppy dog there as well. And from every source out there, from all of the information in the case, this should they should be the this should be the only presence in the home at that time. Johnny, Lisa, little dog. Right. Now, I'm glad you're honing in on this call, not just because of its significance to the case, but also let's focus in on this for just a second. Because one thing that is not in dispute, this is proven by phone records. Tiffany Williams, 100% without a doubt, her cell phone calls Johnny Clark's cell phone at 10.41 p.m., January 30th, 2011. That is, there is no doubt about that. That happened. Right. What I think we need to speculate on later and make mental note of now in our timeline is what was said on that, on that phone call. Because unfortunately, Johnny will not be around to tell us his version of that conversation. All we will have is Tiffany Williams version of that conversation. So we know that a short call took place from Tiffany Williams phone at 1041 PM that night and Johnny Clark's cell phone picked it up. They were on their phones communicated together for several seconds, maybe even a minute. It's a very short call. And then according to Tiffany Williams, Johnny says, I'll call you back, but never does. And we've already covered that Tiffany Williams and her friend, I'm a little uncertain of their relationship, this Zach Burkett, because he's a little bit younger than, than the rest of them. So Tiffany is about 24 at this time. Johnny is 21. Lisa is 20. And from my understanding, Captain, Zach may be as young as 17. I'm not able to fully verify that. But he's younger. I do know 100% certain he's younger than Johnny. As said, Tiffany Williams did try to get in contact with Johnny and Lisa periodically leading up to this point in our timeline, which is 1230 a.m. Zach did so as well. 
Now at 12.30 a.m., this is when Tiffany becomes so concerned that she and Zach drive over to Lisa Straub's home. And again, just to be clear, they're supposed to get picked up by Johnny. Correct. So they are so concerned by what she heard on the phone and the fact that they're not answering, they're not coming to pick them up, that they make arrangements and and they actually travel over to Lisa's house. And everything out there suggests that they would have had to borrow a vehicle to do so. Zach doesn't have a car, and neither does Tiffany at this time. So they go over to the home, and according to Tiffany, they ring the doorbell, knock on the door, front door, nice neighborhood. Again, that's what's weird about this neighborhood. I, I would encourage everyone to look it up on Google Maps or on Apple Maps. It's a really interesting neighborhood because you have very average size homes, but you also have very large homes and then some that are somewhere in between. And this home is a very nice home, and it's on a larger lot. And so she's ringing the doorbell, knocking on the door. She says that she peers inside the, the, the windows, trying to look into the windows to see what's going on. And here's where things get a little more wonky, right? We have, we have some questions in our timeline, but we're also going to have some questions with individual statements because they gave more than one statement. And this is coming from multiple sources. And so I want to be very clear here. Some of the sources cite that Tiffany Williams says that there was no answer at the door. She tried a couple times, and so her and Zach left. Other sources say that she saw and noticed that there were lights on in the home, and this caused her even greater concern because of some kind of rule that she was aware of in the home that you, you know, the Straubs have this rule that you always close the door behind you, always turn off the light behind you. So she was concerned that, well, they're here, but nobody's answering the door for whatever reason. We're supposed to be friends. Right. And again, it's not like she's overly concerned for no reason. She hears what she believes is a confrontation on the phone when she called Johnny. Correct. But let's keep in mind, that's about two hours earlier. Right. So she, yes, she's concerned, she says, but let's factor in, she doesn't seem to be overly concerned to the point that she allows two hours to elapse before she goes to physically check on her friends. Right. Now, the third version from other sources, and I'm not, this is not yours truly, the crispy colonel telling you that she gave three different statements. I'm telling you that these are different words that are coming from different sources. The third version is that when she looked inside the home, that she had, that the home appeared to have been ransacked. And this caused great concern, of course. It should cause great concern for anyone if they witness anything like this. The pair then exits the property. Now we are a little after or about 1 a.m. on our timeline. At this point, she is going to call her friend, Sharita Crumbie. She calls Sharita to tell her what has happened, her version of the events. Crumbie then calls Johnny's mother, Maite, 
to alert her that no one is able to reach Johnny and that now we got a handful of people that are concerned. And on top of that, Tiffany is relayed to Sharita. Look, when I spoke to him at 1041, there was this weird business going on. He picked up. It sounded like there was some kind of commotion, some kind of confrontation. I'm not really sure what it was, but it sounds like he was getting into it with somebody. And of course, Maite is going to be extremely concerned. She she loves her son, and as said, they were very close. And she's a bit of a helicopter mom, right? Always checking in on the kids. Well, let's be clear, though, too. It's not just this confrontation call. It's he's not answering the phone now. And then when we go over to the house, we don't see signs of Johnny or Lisa. So much more to get to after this quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. 
I love recommending IXL Learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Cheers, mates. Onward and upward. Cheers to you, Colonel. Onward and upward. Cheers to the people in the back. Now, as we said, we have Johnny's parents who are now been alerted that that friends are concerned about Johnny and they're concerned about his girlfriend, Lisa. No one's able to get a hold of them. So we have Maite who's going to to begin calling her son's phone, texting, trying to get a hold of him. And father john is doing the same thing however johnny's not responding to mom's calls or texts and what did we say earlier johnny always answers mom's calls and you also have to be a little more concerned because it's getting later and later it's in the middle of the night right and these parents have been woke up in the middle of the night by to be honest with you, it sounds to me like they don't know. They know Sharita, but they don't know where. I, I'm I'm not 
100% on how well they know this individual because Sharita is more of Johnny's peers than right. my taste. Well, and she's been given the task to contact the parents. And so if, if I'm Johnny's father, I'm very concerned because somebody I don't really know that well is contacting me going, Hey, look, uh, we can't get a hold of your son. Yeah. She she knows them well enough to have their phone numbers. Um, the, the thing that we should mention here, too, around the same time that Tiffany calls Sharita, we have Zach, who's with Tiffany. There's no doubt about that. Zach's with Tiffany, and he has attempted to reach out to Johnny's like lifetime, lifelong best friend, who... You know, some of us are lucky enough to when we are best friends with somebody that we know their families very well as as well. Right, right. They become almost second parents. Correct. And so Johnny's best friend would have had the ability to get in contact with the parents as well. Yeah, and if you're his parents, you're also more concerned too because you're not in the same town, right? Yeah, they're not very far away. Um, I, I want to be clear about something here that they are, uh, they are in the suburb of Toledo, and so they they're not very far from the Straub's home because they all live in this suburb of Toledo, which is not a very big area. Um, we're talking about, I think, twelve hundred people in this suburb. Right. Um, don't quote me on that, Captain. It, I, it's well, it's on record now. So, so yep, you can you can hold me, put it on my permanent record. Yeah. Uh, strike so, strike ninety eight. Mom has decided a couple things are going on here. Yeah. Tiffany says, "Look, I can I'll come and get you guys and take you over to the straw house." So she comes over. She grabs Johnny's father, John. Johnny John hops in the car, rides over, and. Because Maite can't leave. Remember, Johnny's not their only child. And they got a couple of people in the house. And so Maite's f- thinking, well, he'll pick up the phone eventually. Johnny will pick up the phone eventually. Right. It's all just a misunderstanding and everything will be fine. Well, that doesn't happen. And when John gets to the house with Tiffany, he's now on the phone with his wife saying, look, I think we've got to call the cops. So Maite then is in the process of trying to do a couple things. She's still trying to get a hold of her son. She's trying to get the police on the line to request a welfare check for her son and his girlfriend. And she's also in the process of trying to get over to the property herself. So let's take a listen to the first 911 call from Johnny's mother. Hello. Toledo 911. Ma'am. Mm-hmm. My heart is beating out of my chest. I just got a call from one of my son's friends. Okay. Her phone number, I have it right here. She just picked my husband up, too. My son and his girlfriend live out at 2161 Long Acre Lane. Mm-hmm. I believe that's Holland. This girl says she was on the phone with my son and his girlfriend, and he was supposed to go pick her up. He was telling her he was going out the door. And all she heard was the phone drop and heard my son saying in the background, who are you? What do you want? What are you doing here? And she said she just drove by the house, and the house looks ransacked. All the lights are on. My son's not answering, and neither is the girlfriend. Okay, you said it was 2161 Lawn Acre? Yes, Lane. 
Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, I got heart problems and my heart's beating out of my chest right now. All right, I understand. Do you know if, if that's all one word or is it two separate? It's No, it's separate words. Lawn Acre. Yes, Long, Long L-O-N-G, Acre, A-C-R-E, Lane. Oh, my God. Is she still there? No, she just came by here to pick up my husband, my son's dad, and I'm here with the other two younger kids. All right, what is your name? My name is Maite Vasquez-Clark. Oh, my God. I have the girl's phone number that he was talking to that heard all this going on in the background. Okay. Her she, parents, she my, said, son's girl, okay. my, girlfriend's, uh, my son's girlfriend's parents are out of town. They left for uh, Puerto Rico two days ago. I don't know how to calm myself down. My heart's beating okay. out of my chest. Okay, what did what did your son tell her? My son was like, hey, Tiff, we're on our way out the door. We're coming to get you. And then all she hears is the phone drop and my son Johnny saying, who are you? What do you want? What are you doing here? Who are you? And no more, no more answers. That's all she hears. And then she says that she starts getting worried because neither of them are answering the phone. And she goes out there by the house, and she sees all the lights are on, and the cabinets look ransacked. Okay, but you don't have any idea where your son's at? He was there at the house with his girlfriend. That's where they're house-sitting for her parents. Okay, but, but she doesn't. he wasn't there when she went over there? No, no. She rang the doorbell, and nobody came to the door, nothing. Oh, my God, ma'am, I'm so afraid something happened bad. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, oh. What's your son's name? John S. Clark. Clark is with the E at the end. Is he and white or Hispanic? He's white and uh, Hispanic. He looks more white than anything. How old is he? He's 21. Date of birth is 4-15-89. And the girlfriend is... Okay, is somebody going to meet us over there? Uh, yeah, my husband's on his way there right now. Oh, my God, my hands are ice cold. My heart's beating out of my chest. I do I need to send you medical, ma'am? Please do. Okay. Let me get this call in real quick, and I'll send you medical, okay? If I have these kids, okay, please make the call. Her, the girlfriend's name is Lisa Strauss. Okay, what's your husband's name? John P. Clark. What kind of car is he driving? I don't know what the girl's car is that picked him up. I'll give you the girl's phone number. The girl, okay. Tiffany. Do you know how long it's going to take him to get over there? Probably 10 minutes. Oh, my heart. My God, I can't take this. What's, what's his girlfriend's name? Lisa Straub. S-T-R-A-U-B. What's her cell number? Um, this is his girlfriend. This is not the girl that called me from the cell number. Oh. The girl that called me is Tiffany. I don't know her last name, and her cell number is... Okay, but we can get a hold of Lisa on that number? No, Lisa's with Johnny. That's what I'm telling you. Lisa and Johnny are boyfriend and girlfriend. They were leaving her mom's house. They were on the phone with this girl named Tiffany, the number I'm going to give you, the cell phone number that I'm going to give you. They were talking to her on the phone when all this commotion went down. I thought the, I thought the girlfriend called you saying that she was on no. the phone. No, not the girlfriend, her friend. The girlfriend's friend called me. And she's the one that just came here now to pick my husband up. 
God, I can't take this. All right, well, they're already en route. I'm just getting all this information, okay? Okay, let me give you Tiffany's cell phone number, okay? Hang on. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God, please. I'm praying that my son is okay. Oh, Lord. All right, what's Tiffany's cell? Okay. Oh, man, my heart is beating out of my chest. I understand. Oh, my God. Giovanni, open the door so when the rescue squad gets here, you can let them in. I have to sit down on the bed, son. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, what's your address, ma'am? What is your name? My A. Oh, Mida. Hang on. Mida, your phone number Yes. All right, stay on the line and talk to medical while they're on their way there, okay? Okay. Hang on. So you hear it there, Captain. My take calls 911. That call took place at 1.21 a.m. that night. And we have Maite begging for emergency services to send out the police to the Straub home for a welfare check on her son and her son's girlfriend, Lisa. She's calling from her home, and as you hear, her husband's en route with Tiffany Williams to the Straub home. And poor Maite has this heart condition, and now she's up at the middle of the night frantically worried about her son. One thing that I want to point out here, we were talking about different sources reporting what Tiffany's report uh, was when she arrived at the Straub home without any of Johnny's parents. Right. She is there by her own words with Zach. They go there because they are worried about their friends. We had the different sources, some saying that she knocks on the door. They try the door a few times. Nobody answers. They leave. Other sources say that they see lights on, and this was of a concern to Tiffany, and that's why she alerted the friends. The other sources say that she saw that the home was ransacked, looked through the windows, could see that something had taken place, maybe a struggle or a robbery or something of that nature that caused her enough concern to track down Johnny's parents and get them involved that night. Well, because they have options at that moment. Do we keep ringing the doorbell and possibly run into the individuals that did this ransacking or do we keep trying to find a way into to enter this house and i think they did the smart thing by going let's try to contact but i want to point out a very key part of that 911 call we have those different sources saying different things different observations were made by tiffany williams when she arrives without johnny's parents right we have confirmation that she says ransacking because at 1.21 a.m., Maite, who's not been to the property yet. Correct. Her husband's not been to the property yet. Correct. He's not on the phone with 911. Maite is at her own home. She is reporting to 911 what was told to her and her husband by Tiffany Williams, who sparked 
and ignited this whole thing to get them involved and bring one of them to the scene. So ransacking, regardless of what the sources were saying, this 911 call at 121 a.m. that night confirms that Tiffany Williams told them she witnessed, saw with her own two eyeballs through the windows of the Straub home that ransacking or burglary or robbery, something of that nature has taken place. Now, unfortunately, after this 911 call, Maite still concerned, still hasn't heard from her son. She's unable to reach her son, Johnny. She again calls police and emergency services at 2.27 a.m. Um, some sources report that it is 2.07 a.m. But still roughly, at, what, an hour later? I've I have spoke to people very close to the case. And they are confirming that the correct time is 2.07, 2.07 a.m., so the earlier time that's been reported in the papers and on the news. She is at this time requesting another welfare check or for at least the police to come back to the scene. And we have that call as well. Yes, Listen, ma'am, I am a concerned mother. My son was at 2161 Long Acre Lane with his girlfriend, house-sitting. Lisa Straub lives there because her parents went to Puerto Rico two days ago. I get a phone call about a half an hour ago from his friend, Sharita, that some girl named Tiffany called her saying that Johnny and Lisa were supposed to pick her up at 11 o'clock, and she was on the phone with Johnny, my son, when he was walking out of his house, his girlfriend's house with his girlfriend to come get her, and supposedly she heard a guy in the background screaming at my son and my son saying, what do you want, who are you, get away from us, and what have you. Okay, four cop cars were already out at this residence. They're not there, and her car is in the driveway. I want to know where my son's at. Okay. I want to know where my son and his girlfriend are at. I want to know if they got abducted by whoever tried to assault them and rob them. And it's pretty funny that this girl named Tiffany, which is there right now by the residence, waits two hours to call somebody and report this. Okay. Well, like I said, we were out there. There was nothing going on there. Okay. Where is my son and his girlfriend and her car's in the driveway? Uh, how would I know that, ma'am? I need to report my son missing. Okay. Um, where are you at? I'm coming up to the residence right now. Which, which residence? Uh, Lisa's house. Okay. I need an address. 2161 Long Acre okay. Lane. Did I go too far, John? And what's your name? My name is Maite Vasquez-Clark. This is the street, I think, Mama. Long Acre, this is it. This is it? This is it. Okay, I'm with my phone? cousin right now that's in the military. Okay. What's your phone number? My phone number is... I want this girl's plate number before we go anywhere so I can give it to the sheriff on the phone. And they're back pulling in the driveway? I want this plate number. Ma'am, I'm going to give you this plate number, okay? Mm-hmm. That this girl's car is driving. I'm going to stay calm. I am. Will you stay on the phone with me, ma'am, while I talk to this girl? Don't touch anything. Who are you going to talk to? Okay, listen, here's the plate number. That is the girl's, uh, the plate number of the car that this girl is driving that my son was supposed to supposedly pick up. Now, these two people right here, um, that's Johnny's phone? Oh, I don't know. It's my parents probably. Call them back. 
I want to know how to do it. Oh, my God, ma'am. Okay, is it, what kind of vehicle is it? Um, Mom, what kind of vehicle is that you're driving? What is it? A Corolla? I have a feeling you set up my son. My son is missing. He's nowhere to be found. Do you want to tell the police what you just got done telling me on the phone? Okay, come here. Ma'am, I'm going to let you talk to her because I have her blocked in uh, Lisa's house driveway. Okay? Okay. Here. You tell them what you I will. Hello? Okay, what's, what's going on? Okay, um, my friend Johnny and Lisa, they were supposed to come pick me up, me and um, my friend from our house, and this was like 11 o'clock, and um, he, um, I was on the phone with his girlfriend Lisa, and then he hung up, and um, we all hung up, he said they were on their way, and then he... I called Johnny right back because I was going to tell him that um, I was going to run to the store and then I was I would meet them at the house. Well, um, he was yelling at somebody like, um, I'm on, he goes, he goes, bro, who, who are you? And then um, I, I called, he called him right back and he didn't answer. So I texted my friend Lisa's phone and I was like, um, where are you? Are you guys okay? And they have not answered to me or nothing. They have not answered the phone. And I've been calling and calling and calling. So I drove out to their house after um, my friend's mom got home and um, nobody answered the door. So I drove back by our house to see if maybe they went to his mom's house. And um, he wasn't there. So his dad called my phone and I was like, do you want to ride out there? And he said, yeah. And I brought him out here. And now his mom's arguing with me saying I set him up. And, you know, they're my friends, and I'm worried about them. And if I don't have, you know, I'm worried about my friends because they were supposed to come pick me up, and they never showed up. Okay, does anyone have, what's what's the son's name? What's her son's name? Is Johnny, is that his name? Yeah, Johnny Clark. Does anyone have, have his phone number? Yeah, I do, but his phone shut off. Okay. Um, she, and we was calling, and it was ringing, and then it was shut off all of a sudden. And then I was calling my friend's phone, and I've been texting her, asking her if she's okay, are they okay, because they wasn't answering. And then I texted her, like, last I talked to you, um, I heard him arguing, and then now all of a sudden they haven't picked up the phone or nothing. Okay. Are you out? Are there, is there a couple officers? Where are you yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some officers out here. Okay. Why don't you go talk to them, and they can help you, okay? Okay. I'll put his mother back on the phone. Okay. Actually, I don't need to talk to her. She okay. Talk to the officers. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So what we hear there, Captain, we have Maite, Johnny's mother, on the call with emergency services again for the second time. This is after This is after her husband has arrived on the scene. She's on her way pulling into the property while on the phone. She's got a couple people in the vehicle with her. They arrive in a Ford F-150. Mom is already suspicious, as you can hear on that call, of this Tiffany Williams individual. So much so that she's trying to feed information about this person, even though she knows little about her, of what kind of car she's in, the license plate, and trying to get Tiffany to speak with emergency services as well. So they pull up in an F-150, and they actually block the driveway because mom and the family members do not want this person leaving until police are there. So 
Police have already been to this scene once. They knock on the doors too. There was like four cars out there, police cars. They look around. They don't see anything suspicious. They leave. Now they're calling for a second visit. And when they arrive, when police arrive this time, it's more of the same. They check, they knock on the door, they shine their flashlights around, they're looking around. They don't see anything that gives them probable cause to enter the home. And keep in mind, this is not, we don't have nobody there that is present who's called for police can authorize the police to enter the home. Right. The Straubs are gone. Nobody's answering the door. Nobody's answering the phones. The Straubs, Lisa's parents, are gone. They're out of the country. They're they're Caribbean cruise or Portugal somewhere off celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah, and if they're on a cruise, their cell phones probably don't work at all. And on top of that, it's really a whole lot of the same where police, they snoop around for a little bit. They talk to Maite and John. And they speak with Tiffany Williams and they, they again, leave the scene and leave the property. So much more to get to for everything true crime. Check out truecrimegarage.com. Sign up on the mailing list. And until tomorrow, be good, be kind, and don't litter. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.